0: For all those in our Facebook audience this morning, we thank you and praise you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we just ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight today. And we thank you, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Thank you that he's present here with us. Thank you, Lord, that he's given us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that can believe and receive. And we thank you for revelation today, life-changing revelation, Lord Give us understanding as the word comes forth, Lord. Show us how to apply us to our lives and give us the strength yes. and the wherewithal to do it. We thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you, Jude. Good job. Praise the Lord. I learned that last song. His praise to be Always on my lips. I mean, those He you didn't have this appraiser. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome, Facebook family. We're so happy you are joined us this morning. I've uh, got a good word for us today. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. I'm going to start reading with the first verse. I'm still ministering on signs of the end. This will be part 3. And as I'm ministering on this subject, the end times, the coming of the Lord, uh, you're going to hear familiar words and phrases like antichrist and rapture and uh, different things of that nature. uh, You'll hear them repeated from time to time because they're all through the signs that we'll be looking at in the end times. And so uh, don't be surprised. Don't think that I'm repeating myself because I'm not. Uh, If I repeat myself, it's only because it's necessary. Amen. 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 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1 says, But relative, or relating to, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and our gathering together to meet him, we beg you, brethren, and we'll finish this in a minute. But I just want to interject here that this is talking about the rapture of the church. Thank you, Jerry. Talking about the rapture of the church. The Lord is coming to the earth two more times. Once he's going to rapture the church and we'll meet him in the air. That's why I said as we gather together to meet him. And then the second time he will actually come down to the earth and he will sit down at the battle of Armageddon. And he will put down the uh, final uprising of the antichrist and the false prophet and uh, all of those that have come against him. Amen. But in one Thessalonians four, sixteen and seventeen it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words we so knows those are comforting words amen, amen. and uh, this is the meeting he's talking about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1 in our opening scripture the gathering together to meet him he's not touching down on the earth we're going to meet him in the air and then once we do that uh, he's going to take us back to heaven with him and present us before the throne of God amen and the rapture will be will mark the beginning of the seven years of tribulation now the rapture is timeless. In other words, there's no signs that point to the rapture or the, the season that the rapture is going to occur in. But there's all kinds of signs, hundreds of signs that point to the second coming. Yes. And so when we see the second coming getting closer and closer by the signs, that we know the rapture is seven years before that second coming where he actually touches down here on the earth. And so we have signs of the seasons. We don't know the day or hour. No man knows the day or hour. But we have signs letting us know that we're getting close. And it's like I said with the race before, as you're near the finish line, you don't slow down, you don't back up. You, get, you push harder, you give it an extra kick because you know the finish line is in sight and you want to finish strong. And that's the whole purpose of the Amen. signs. God wants us to know we're getting close so that we can give it an extra kick. Push harder, get more people into the kingdom of God, get more people saved, start your yes. own families, and, and, and finish strong for the Lord. Yes, amen. 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 But during the seven years of tribulation, after we've been raptured and we're up in heaven with the Lord, uh, it says that we will have what's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yes. In other words, the celebration of the marriage supper of the Lamb, and we will also have the judgment seat of Christ. Yes. And this judgment seat is not to judge us, but it's to judge the works that we did while we were in the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So in other words, the works we did as a Christian in the body of Christ in the kingdom of God, those works are going to be judged as... Uh, Good or bad, the good works will be rewarded for The the not so good works or the bad works that he refers to will be burned up as wood, hay, and stubble. So the second coming of Christ will occur after the tribulation period. Right at the end of the seven year tribulation period, the second coming uh, of Christ will occur. And this is where he will leave heaven with the church behind him. Brother Howells, he's gonna be on his white charger. I know you said you're gonna be riding a black charger. I don't know if that's possible or not, but if it is, he'll let you ride it. Otherwise, I think you're gonna be on a white charger like the rest of (laughs) us. Brother Howells and I had discussions about these horses in heaven, Hallelujah. Amen. But he's, and he's coming to the Battle of Armageddon where he he will destroy the, the Antichrist with the brightness of his coming the sword of his mouth. And so the the rapture is the time Christ comes for the saints to take them to heaven. The second coming is when he returns with the saints to the battle of Armageddon. Yes. Uh, And uh, he will set up a millennial kingdom here, which means he will set up a kingdom that will last a thousand years right here on Earth, a physical kingdom. He'll sit on the throne of David and rule from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And he will show us how it should have been done all along. Amen. 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 And it won't be a democracy. It's going to be a theocracy. That's Amen. Right. So what Amen. he says, goes. Amen. Yes. Amen. There's, no, there's not going to be no trial, no jury. There's not going to be no majority, no vote. what he says is going to be the law. Amen. That's Amen. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. So the second coming can't take place until all the events in the book of Revelation have been fulfilled. Well, the rapture can take place at any moment. Amen. Amen. Yes. I know a lot of people say that in Bible scholars say, well, this has got to happen, and that's got to happen, and this, no, it don't. No. It can happen at any time. Amen. Amen. Now, there are some things that are supposed to happen, but they can happen quickly. Yes. Amen. They can happen overnight. Amen. Yes. Remember we ended verse one with, we beg you, brethren. Well, we're going to pick up there. He says, we beg you, brethren, we you, and we beseech you, The King James says. We plead with you, verse 2, not to allow your minds to be quickly unsettled or disturbed or kept excited or alarmed. That's exactly what Pastor Ed was talking about this morning. Amen. When she was exhorting. Uh, this is the way, this is the condition of our minds right now. And it comes from reading all the... The news and all this jump that's going on in the world and spending less time in the Word of God and less time in the presence of God And this is what we wind up with. We're quickly unsettled, disturbed, kept excited and alarmed And he said whether it be by some pretended revelation of the Spirit or by word or by letter alleged to be from us Amen to the effect that the day of the Lord, this is the second coming The day of the Lord has already arrived and is here. So there's false teachers were going through the churches at Thessalonica with a letter that they had forged and said that the apostle Paul had wrote it and it contained false teachings about the day of the Lord, which is the day of judgment, the day that he returns to judge the earth and says that the day of the Lord is at hand. And the day of the Lord is when the Lord judges the ungodly or sin. When he judges them, these, those. Amen? Amen. And the day of the Lord is the opening of the sixth seal of Revelation. And the day God and his son Jesus finally rise up to judge all of those that have rejected him as Lord. And it's the day of reckoning for the devil, the Antichrist, the false prophet. And everyone else that rebelled against and rejected the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the age of grace and mercy are over at the rapture. Amen. Amen. You know, the earth is not a time lease. Yes. And when Adam gave his authority to the devil, he gave him the authority that he had within that time lease. Yes. So, in other words, God's not crazy. When he gave Adam and Eve authority over all the earth, he put them on a time lease. Yes. yes. In other words, at the end of this time, please, your, your authority expires and I take back over. And that's what's going to happen at the rapture. The devil's authority in the earth is going to expire. God takes over and now God is not restricted by anything. by Not by the laws that he laid down for Adam and Eve. He's not restricted by anything. And now he can do what he wants to in the heavens and the earth. see some crazy things happening there. But we're going to see them from heaven. Amen. So, so a majority of people think that God is constantly judging the world, and God's not judging the world, at, at, at least not as often as we think. You know, the insurance company calls uh, natural disasters like hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, fires, all these things. They call it an act of God. It's not an act no. of God. No. No. The devil's the one who came to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen. Amen. It's yes. an act of the devil. That's well, right. We have this mindset that everything that happens that's bad was orchestrated by God. God is judging the world. Yes. We think, Amen. and uh, we think every time something bad happens, God is judging us, and we think that God is judging us all the time. You know, why are you doing this to me? God ain't doing it to you. He's not doing it to the world. A hurricane destroys and kills, and people say it's God judging us. No. God no. judging New Orleans with that hurricane no. and that flood. An earthquake destroys and kills. It's no. God judging us. No. We thought AIDS was a judgment from God. Nine one one was God's judgment. No. <laughs> COVID nineteen is God's judgment. If God is always judging us, then He wouldn't need a day of judgment. Yes. The day of the Lord. Amen. Yes. Amen. Judgment is reserved for that day. He's not judging anybody right now. This is the age of grace. This is the age of mercy. God long, has long patience towards us. Yes. And the last time God judged anyone is when He judged Jesus Christ on the cross. His own Son. He judged Jesus on the cross. And as a result of that judgment... He whipped his son. He crucified his son. He sent his son to hell. He killed him spiritually and physically. That's judgment. And he judged Jesus for us. Amen. Amen. We were in Christ when he hung on the cross, when he was buried, when he rose from the dead. We were in him. Hallelujah. He took us to the cross for our punishment. He took us into the depths of hell for our punishment. He suffered all of that for us. So we wouldn't have to suffer it. Amen. Amen. So we're not getting judged. We've been judged. Amen. We were judged in Jesus Christ when he hung on the cross. There is no other judgment for a born again believer. Right. Amen. 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 And, and you know, let me give you an example of God's real judgment. You remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Yes. How many died? All. Everybody except Lot and his two bright daughters. That's all that survived. That's God's judgment. Let me show you another time that God judged the world. The flood in Noah's time. How many survived? Eight people. Noah and his family. That's it. That's God's judgment. I'm telling you, if God's judgment was in a hurricane, the whole eastern seaboard would have been wiped out and Amen. killed. Right. God is not judging us. God is loving us. God yes. is being merciful yes. towards yes. us. Yes. He's not going to turn anybody into the kingdom of God by judging them yes. and by sending catastrophes and natural disasters Amen. on them. No, God loves us. He yes. does things that are loving for us. He's yes. merciful. He's gracious towards us, but there is a day of judgment reserved for him, and he'll be there for that day. Amen. Amen. But he's not judging now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next time he judges is going to be in the tribulation period at the opening of the sixth seal. And the Bible says, I talked on this a few weeks ago, but the Bible says it'll be so terrifying that men will hide in rocks and caves and cry out for the mountains to fall on them and kill them. That's how terrifying the Lord's judgment is. Amen? Amen. Amen. And God said, let judgment begin where? In the house of God. Right here. Judgment should begin here. Judge yourself that you be not judged. Amen? Amen. Amen. God do not want to judge us. He's not going to judge us, but He wants us to judge ourselves. Hallelujah. So don't tell me God is judging America because something bad happens. Trust me, you'll know when God judges something. But right now, He's he's loving us. He's merciful. He's patient. This is the age of grace. This is the church age. But if you're born again, like I said, you've already been judged in Christ. Don't fear another judgment. You're not going to be judged again. Your works are going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. And that's it. You'll already be in heaven. So you can't lose heaven. Amen? Amen. But let's move on with our lesson. I mean, that was all free. I ain't going to charge you dime for that. But verse 3 says, Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way. For that day, what day? The day of God's judgment will not come except the apostasy. Now, what is an apostasy? Uh, apostasy? It's a renunciation of belief. It's a renunciation of your faith. This is where people are going to renounce their faith in Jesus Christ. And then he says, that has to come first. Unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come. And the man of lawlessness, the man of sin, the man of perdition, the Antichrist is revealed, who is the son of doom, the son of perdition. He's not a very nice guy. But Daniel 7.25 says some 2,500 years before this, and he shall speak great words, who? The Antichrist. Against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. So this is talking about three and a half years. The Antichrist is going to have everything put in his hands for three and a half years. He's going to rule the world. Uh, and this is the latter part of the tribulation period. This is when he persecutes Israel like they've never been persecuted before. He's going to make uh, Hitler look like a kindergarten teacher. Amen. And then in Daniel 8.25 it says, And through his policy, the Antichrist... He shall cause trickery, remember deception, beguilement, to prosper in his hand. In other words, he's going to prosper from tricking people and and, uh, beguiling people, tricking them into taking the mark of the beast, tricking them into worshiping him, all these things, tricking them into thinking that he's actually God himself. And he's going to use that to prosper his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart and mind, And in their security, he will corrupt and destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. Anybody know who that is? That's Jesus Christ, our Lord. The prince of all princes. But he shall be broken, and that by no human hand. And then finally, in 1 Timothy 4.1, it says, Now the Spirit, the Spirit of God, speaks expressly that in the latter times, the end times, the last days... Some shall depart from the faith, yes. giving mm-hmm. heed to seducing, seducing spirits, spirits and doctrines of mm-hmm. devils. Now, this sounds like something in the, that's going to happen in the uh, tribulation period, but it's happening right now. It has been happening since the day of Pentecost. Yes. It's happening throughout the entire church age. Yes. People departing from the faith and giving mm-hmm. heed to seducing spirits and yes. doctrines of devils being deceived and beguiled. This is your sign. That's what we're looking for. Signs for the last days. Signs that point that we're in the end time. Here's your sign. The falling away. This departing of the faith or from the faith is another sign that we are living in the end times right now. Verse 4 of our text. Who the Antichrist opposes and exalts himself so proudly and so insolently against and over all that is called god or that is worship even to his actually taking his seat in the temple of god proclaiming that he himself is god this is what the antichrist is going to do he's going to do this during the seven years of tribulation uh, when he rises to power and then verse 5 says, Do you not recollect that when I was still with you, I told you these things? In other words, Mom's saying, why are you listening to these false teachers? You already know the truth. The That's truth right. never changes. Why are you all of a sudden not believing what oh, they God. have to say about oh, these God. things? So we have to know what we believe and why we believe it. And we have to believe the Word, the whole Word, and nothing but the Word. Amen. 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 And quit listening to false teachers That's and doctrines it. of devils and yes. spirits and stick with the Word. That's and right. stick with the Spirit of God. But verse 3 is speaking of an apostasy, a denunciation of the faith, a great falling away. In other words, there are going to be a lot of Christians backsliding before the rapture of the church takes place. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe this is going to happen as some kind of a mass exodus out of the body of Christ or or be a massive one-time event that we're to watch for. It's a sign that we're getting closer. The more you see it, the the closer we're getting. This is the sign that is being given to us. And this is what I want to talk about this morning for my remaining time for the next two hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> but this apostasy, this great falling away and people departing from the faith, I want to talk about it because it's going to happen to some of the people in this room and some of the people in our Facebook audience. This is going to happen. And that's why I've been preaching for some time now, like Pastor S. said this morning, she's picking at my nose, I know she would, that this is a time to draw closer to God than ever before. Yes. We should be drawing closer to God, not departing from the faith. Yes. We should be going deeper into faith, yes. deeper into the spirit, deeper into yes. the word, deeper into yes. prayer, deeper yes. into the things of God. Yes. And, you know, I have never seen so much discouragement, mm-hmm. depression, despair, yes. and hopelessness and doubt than I've seen yes. in the last couple of months. Amen. And, and you know... Uh, there has been more death from suicide in the past few months than there has actually been from this COVID-19. These are true statistics. The pandemic is taking its toll on people all over this country, all over this world, and the church is no exception. That's right. You might walk around with a big smile on your face on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights when when we meet again, but you're not fooling nobody. You're going through the same things the world is going through. We should handle them a lot better because we got something that the world doesn't have. Amen. We have this hope in yes. Christ that the amen. world doesn't have. Amen. And we, we have Him. He's never leaving us, forsaking us. Yes. He's always with us. And we have Him in our side. And Yea, though I walk through the belly of the shadow, yes. amen. Amen. I'm here. I'm here. Amen. He, he shouldn't be yes. touching me because He's with me. Amen. Amen. The world don't have. But we still have the same problems in the church. Come on. Amen. I understand that. Amen. 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 I'm, not, I'm not trying to criticize you. I'm not trying to condemn you or belittle you. Uh, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. We're human just like everybody else. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. It. But, you know, uh, a lot of Christians haven't actually denounced their faith. Come on. But they're starting to show signs in that direction that their faith is diminishing. And if they're not careful, there is the danger of falling away. There's the danger of departing from the faith. You can get that discouraged and and depart from the faith. Yes, you can. Say, this stuff ain't working. That's right. It hasn't been working for a while. Why? Because you ain't looking for it to work. You're not working the Word like you should. You're looking at the news, the fake news, and you're looking at everything that's happening in the world. And the Bible says Jesus himself said that People's hearts will fail them for fear because of the things that are coming upon the earth in the end time. Yes. It's not yes. a heart attack. It's hard. The heart you're speaking of is your spirit. Your spirit is going to fail you. Yes. yes. Why? You're going to get disheartened. Yes. And and, and yes. you're you're going to lose strength in your spirit. And that's where the will to fight is. And, 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 Ooh, and you give true. up fighting, a good fight of faith. Yes, your, sir. Your heart fails you. Yes. Your spirit fails you. You lose your spirit when it comes to fighting these things. Amen. The devil has convinced some people that God has forsaken them and they have no faith uh, and, and no hope, so I might as well forsake him. And so they're actually doing that. They're departing from the faith. But the end of Christ can't be revealed until this falling away takes place and the church has been raptured to heaven. Now, I can't give you a sign of the rapture, but I can give you a sign of this falling away because it's happening all around you. The first event of the tribulation period is going to be the advent of the the antichrist. In Revelation 6, 1, he is the rider on the white horse. There's no doubt in my mind about that. It is not Jesus Christ because this guy is given a crown and Jesus earned his crown hallelujah. Amen. but there's something keeping this from happening right now there's something restraining him and keeping him from appearing the spirit of the antichrist is at work in the earth has been since the day Adam and Eve were deceived in the garden the spirit you can see the spirit of the antichrist working but he's not in power yet is he here on the earth I believe he is I believe he's alive and well right now Waiting for his advent Amen. But he hasn't shown up yet But his spirits at work in the world In verse 6 of our text says And now you know what is restraining him The antichrist From being revealed at this time In other words there is a restraining force here That is keeping him from making his advent It is so that he may be manifested Revealed in his own appointed time In other words, this restraining force is going to keep him from coming on the scene too soon, before his appointed time. And God is the one that appoints the times. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority, is already at work in the world. Can you see it? It's all around us. Amen. Yes. What's going on in this country? Yes. It's happening right now. Yes. That spirit of lawlessness, the yes, spirit sir. of the antichrist, is at work right now. But it is restrained only until he who restrains is taken out of the way. Now I know some people don't think it's being restrained and lawlessness is on the loose and everything bad is happening. But that's restraining the lawlessness. Trust me, you'll know when it's unrestrained. Yes. Yes, you will. Verse 8 And then, after that restrainer is taken out of the way, then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed. And the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by his appearing at his coming, at his second coming. In other words, the Antichrist appears today. He's got seven years to wreak havoc and hell on the earth before Jesus comes and destroys Because that's to come. So who is the hinderer of lawlessness? Who is restraining all this evil from breaking loose on the earth? Paul told us in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So let's rightly divide the word of truth this morning and determine who this hinderer is and who this uh, uh, restrainer is. The one that's hindering and restraining has to be one of three things. Number one, what restrains evil? What hinders evil in the earth? Governments or governing authorities, police departments, FBI's, CIA, all of that stuff. Uh, all the different branches of law enforcement This is what hinders lawlessness on the earth. And right now they're trying to defund the police. They're trying to take everything, they, them, those, these. I'm talking about the ungodly are trying to defund the police and remove the hinderer or remove the strainer, the restrainer of lawlessness. Yes. Then number two, the Holy Spirit. He's a restrainer of lawlessness because he convicts the world of sin. And number three, the church. The church praying, living righteous, and promoting righteousness, the church is a restrainer of lawlessness. We try to try to be law-abiding citizens. I mean, if the population of the United States is, they say 80% Christian, we know it's not that great, or things would be different in this country. Yes. Amen. But let's let's Give them a little credit. Let's say there's 50% are Christians. Well, don't you think that 50% can hinder lawlessness and promote righteousness and goodness in the earth? Amen. Yeah. So these are the three possible restraining forces. The governments, or the governing authorities, the Holy Spirit, and the church. Now, we're rightly dividing the word, right? So we've got to consider all three. So by the process of elimination... We just read that the hinderer of lawlessness, the restrainer, must be taken out of the world before the Antichrist is revealed, right? Amen. So, will the governments be taken out of the world? No. Because the Antichrist and other kings will reign over many governments after the hinderer of lawlessness is removed. All right, number two, will it be the Holy Spirit? No, it can't be the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the agent of salvation. Come on. And there's gonna be a lot of people getting saved during the yes. seven years yes. of tribulation yes. during the antichrist reign. Yes, it's and, it. and nobody can be regenerated or born again without the Holy Spirit. So that's it can't right. be Him departing, He's gonna be here throughout the tribulation period. That's right. So we come to the most obvious conclusion. It must be the church. Mm-hmm. The church will be raptured before the Antichrist appears. It will be taken out of here, removed from the earth. And it's the only hinderer or restrainer of lawlessness that will be removed from the earth at the rapture. The governing authorities and the Holy Spirit will remain here and continue to operate just like they always have. But they'll be operating at a diminished capacity because this is the antichrist time. And some Bible scholars and probably a lot of Christians believe that the Holy Spirit is the hinderer in this passage because of the use of the pronoun he. It said until he be taken out of the way. And so they say that can't be the church because the church is a feminine. The church is feminine. It's a female. It's a bride. So it can't be the church because it said he. And so... Uh, But the church is called a man in several different places. In Ephesians 2.15, the church is called one new man. And then in Ephesians 4.13, it's called a perfect man. And so the church is also called the body of Christ in several different places in the New Testament. And God's not going to put a veiled head of a bride on Christ's body. Nope. Therefore, Christ's body the church can be referred to in the masculine as he. It can be a pronoun, like he or him. So 2 Thessalonians 2.7 refers to the church being taken out of the world at the rapture, and then shall that wicked one be revealed, the antichrist, and he will be defeated seven years later at the coming of Christ. See, we can't time anything right now, but once the rapture occurs, there are seven years left seven years of tribulation you can time it to the very minute to comes back but until the rapture occurs right now it's a mystery so I realize that there's lawlessness in the earth right now quite a bit but like I said that's only the spirit of the Antichrist it's going to get a lot worse when the church is gone and, and besides the scripture never said the church would stop lawlessness It said it would hinder lawlessness. Governing authorities can't stop lawlessness. It can hinder it. You can break the law, get arrested, get put in jail, and there's somebody right behind you getting ready to do the same thing again. So it it hinders it, but it never stops it. Jesus is going to stop it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the church will continue to hinder lawlessness and, and restrain evil until the rapture. And then darkness and lawlessness is going to sweep this earth like it's never swept it before. You know, they're getting away with what they're doing now. They're getting away literally with murder, (coughs) destruction of property, and all of this other stuff. Right now, they them, those that ungodly are getting away with it right now with law enforcement, with hindering forces. Can you imagine what it would be like when the hindering force is removed and there is no hindering force on this earth? It's gonna go. Bananas. But let's talk about this great falling away. 2 Thessalonians 2 3 says this Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way, for that day will not come except the apostasy comes first, unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come, and the man of lawlessness, the man of sin, the man of perdition, the Antichrist is revealed. Who is the son of doom, the son of perdition? That's quite a title for somebody, isn't it? it is. Especially for a world leader. But this apostasy, this denunciation of your beliefs and your faith, this great falling away has to happen before the Antichrist can be revealed. And so people are watching for this falling away to take place because this is a sign of the end time. There's going to be a falling away, a departing from the faith, a denunciation of beliefs amongst the Christian world. So people are watching for this to happen, but I'm telling you it's not going to happen uh, as one kind of mass event or all at one time. This is a gradual thing, and I say it's been happening for the last 20 or 30 years twenty or thirty years, one person at a time, here a little, there a little. I've seen it, and you stop and think about it a minute, you'll realize that you've seen it too. And this means that people that were once born again knew the Lord as their own personal savior are gonna denounce him, denounce the faith, yes. leave the faith, depart from the faith, yes. and and, uh, and turn themselves over to hell. I know it sounds hard, it doesn't sound like it's something that we'll do. But it's going to happen. It has been happening. I know people that walk with the Lord, and they're so far from Him now they can't. They don't even know His name anymore. Yes. Yes. And I don't think thousands of Christians are going to wake up some morning and decide not to follow Jesus anymore and be a recognizable force in the earth that says, "Hey, there's the apostasy. There's the falling away. So get ready. The Antichrist is coming." Yes. I don't think we're going to see that. Uh, John talks about a sin unto death in 1 John 5, 16. And that sin unto death is re- rejecting Jesus Christ and his finished work of salvation. This is the only sin that will send you to hell. Now, I know this ain't popular, but I know a lot of Christian leaders, and, and maybe even a lot of you want to agree with me on this issue, and that's okay. I understand, but let me show you why I believe the way that I believe. In John chapter 10, verse 7 through 9, it says, Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find Pastor, So this is obviously talking about salvation. He said, right, plainly, he should be saved. So Jesus said he is the door to the sheepfold, not a door. If anyone enters in, they shall be saved. In other words, there's only one door that leads to the kingdom of God. There's only one door that leads to salvation, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the door. Yes. And then he said in John fourteen and six, I am the way, the truth, the life. Not a way, a truth, a life. He is the, the only way. No yes. man cometh unto the Father Excellent. but by me. Again, he's talking about salvation, and the only way to get saved is through him. Yes. Amen. Right, so here's my here's my what I believe to be true. I was gonna say theory, but I don't think it's a theory. I think I'm proving it to you right now. If there's only one door in and one way out, so it stands to reason that there's only one door out and one way out. I mean, why, you know, people say, oh, you'll go to hell for this, and you'll go to hell for that, and you can't get into the kingdom of God, and if you have this sin or that sin and that, that isn't what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us there's one way in, one way out. No other ways. Yeah. Our bedroom has one door. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that door is used to come into the bedroom. It's used to get out of the bedroom. There is no other door. Right. You say, oh, well, somebody can come in through the window. he would be a thief for a robber. Right? right. Amen. So uh, Pastor Ed and I and my family, the grandkids or whatever, if they want to go into my bedroom, they have to go through the one door. If they want to come out of the bedroom, they have to come out of the one door. There is no other door. That's right. right. So it stands the reason. Why, if there's only one door, one way into the kingdom of God, why would there be other ways out? Come on. There is no other way out. You come in by... Uh, Confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. Believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth Jesus is Lord. That's how you got in. So how are you going to get out? Amen. Another door? No. (laughs) Same door you came in. How? By denouncing Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. 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 You know, uh, this is a big popular doctrine. Once saved, always saved. And I believe that, except that you depart from the faith, renounce your faith, uh, confess that Jesus is no longer your Lord, that's the way out. That's the only way out. I mean, uh, you depart the same way you came in. You get saved by believing, you get you get, uh, lose your salvation and get lost by not believing anymore. So, I mean, this is not complicated. This is what the apostasy is. This is what departing from the faith is. And again, it doesn't happen in one moment of time. It's a gradual thing that happens over a period of time. In Romans 12, 1, in Amplified, Paul says, I appeal to you therefore, brethren, I beg you, I beseech you, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice holy devoted consecrated and well pleasing to god which is your reasonable rational intelligent service and spiritual worship a falling away means that you have quit living according to the principles of god's word and you begin to live according to the wants and desires of the flesh Uh, you no longer crucify your flesh you no longer sacrifice your flesh but you give it what it wants, and it's a process. It doesn't happen all at once. I remember when I got saved or born again, I wanted to do everything right. I didn't want to cuss. I didn't want to drink anymore. I didn't want to do anything that wasn't pleasing to God. But after a while, if you don't watch yourself, if you're not careful, if you don't lay your body on the altar every day, Uh you're going to start giving in to a little here, a little there, to the desires of the flesh. It yes. didn't happen overnight. Yes. Amen. And then in Galatians 5.19, and this is the passage that a lot of people use to say that, well, this is how you get in, get into hell. It says, now the works of the flesh, that's what we're talking about, the flesh, are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, impingings murders, drunkenness, reveling, uh, and such life. And such life tells us that this isn't a comprehensive list of all the sins of the flesh. There's more to it than what is mentioned here. And this is just an idea of how the flesh begins to dominate our lives a little at a time. That's the beginning of the falling away. Uh, None of these sins will cause you to go to hell. If you were a reporter... (coughs) For Fox News and the Lord allowed you to go to hell to interview people and find out why they're in hell uh, you'd go down there and you would ask everybody in hell that you come across and say why are you here what did you do to get here and everyone would give you the same answer I rejected Jesus Christ mm-hmm. yeah but I have to look at your record before I come down here and it said that you were a convicted murderer yes I was but that's not why I'm in hell I was forgiven for that. I could be forgiven for that. But I'm in hell because I rejected Jesus Christ. And I can't be forgiven. Amen. Amen. And and I'm telling you, that's the only reason anybody goes to hell is rejecting Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Do you mean I can do anything I want? No. No, no, I'm not saying that. You can never sin with any degree of sin. Amen. You'll pay for it one way or another. Yes, yes. It might not be hell, but you'll pay for it here. You'll lose rewards at the judgment seat yes. of Christ. There's a lot of consequences for sin, but going to hell is not one of them. Amen. Rejecting Jesus Christ is what will get you into hell. Amen. Amen. First time, Amen. every time. Amen. But uh, what he's giving us here in Galatians is just an idea of how the flesh begins to dominate our life if we don't keep it in check. And, and you know, uh, uh, Paul finishes the phrase by saying, uh, "You know, he says in such light." And then he said, "Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God." Amen. Now, a lot of people say, "See there, that you go to hell for doing these things." Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't say anything about hell. But that's when the falling away is complete. That's when you've departed from the kingdom of God. And it doesn't happen all at once. It's a process. And, uh, you know, it says you won't have any part uh, or inherit the kingdom of God. And this is at the end of the process. You've gone through a process and now you've come to the place where you actually renounce the Lord Jesus Christ. You depart from the faith and that's what gets you in hell and keeps you from inheriting the kingdom of God. There's a false grace message that's going around, and I've preached on it before, that tells us we have to be tolerant and accepting of all sin because under the New Testament, we've been forgiven of all sin, and therefore uh, sin is no longer recognized, and you can do anything you want, and you'll never lose your salvation. That is a lie. It's true to an extent because... You have to actually denounce the Lord before you uh, lose your salvation. But this is the the road to get there. These things that Paul was talking about. Uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, denouncing him, uh, that's what caused you to lose your salvation. And you're on the road to doing that when you're doing these other things that keep you from inheriting the kingdom of God. It begins a process that if it's unchecked, and you don't get your flesh under control and discipline and get it back on track, it will lead to the denunciation. It will lead to the departing of the faith. Paul said in the latter part of verse 21, I'm getting ready to close on this and then we're going to receive communion. They which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now do is an interesting Greek word because it was translated here to mean to practice or to perform Repeatedly or habitually, in other words, it's not talking about a slip of the flesh. You know, the flesh called and I and I answered. I gave in to the flesh. It caught me at a weak moment and I and I yielded to it. Uh, no, or you did something that you know is wrong. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about you getting into a habit of these things and doing them without. Uh, remorse, without sorrow, without repenting and asking God to forgive you. And just keep on going down that path and down that path until you get to the place where there's no God left in you at all. And you finally get to the place where you denounce your faith. Amen. That's it. It's talking about doing something repeatedly, habitually, yes. with no repentance. Yes. I don't I pray nobody in this room or in my Facebook audience right now is at that place in their life. I pray that you can still be convicted, you can still uh, hear the Holy Ghost when He tells you, uh uh-uh, uh, that's wrong. That's right. And, 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 and have enough sorrow to repent that's right. and ask God to forgive you. I hope none of us have reached a place where we can't do that anymore. Amen. Amen. But this is where you let things like this begin to control your life, and you begin a process where you end up going back to the life that you used to live before you were even born again. Yes. And, and it will eventually begin slowly, but it will. Begin to snowball and continue to snowball until it's out of control yes. and the falling away actually occurs. Yeah. And you'll notice this in lukewarmness. You'll start getting lukewarm in your praying, in God. your reading of the word, Amen. in your worship. Church itself will lose importance to you. If I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. If I sleep, right. that's fine. Uh, yeah. you know, I'll watch it on Facebook or I'll just I'll go next week or whatever, you know. You become more and more accepting and tolerant of the sin of others or sin in general, but you'll also become more tolerant and accepting of the sin that's in your life, and that's when you're in danger. Yes. You're on a slippery and a dangerous slope. Yes. Mm-hmm. So please don't be a part of this great falling away. Don't look for some kind of massive happening where everybody falls away at one time. That's not going to happen. It's happening right now. Has been for the last 30 years. Happening all around us. Could be already happening in your own life. The process may have already started in your own life. And that's where you have to put yourself in check. And you have to see to it that you get your flesh back in line. You get yourself back in the Word, back in prayer and fellowship with God, and get yourself back in church where you belong. Amen. You get your children in church. I yes. told you last week, the worst thing you could possibly do is keep God out of your children's life. Amen. Because God will you responsible if yes. that, yes. that child yes. grows up godless without God in his life. you responsible, not the world, you as a parent. Amen. Amen. Let's get ready to see.